0: Hey everybody, welcome back and welcome for those who are new to what the fuck is faith. Yes, if you can tell by my voice, I am sick again. I think that is the life of being a a mother. (laughs) You, when you have kids, you get whatever they catch from whoever they caught it from. I think that's why today's time is so scary with the whole monkey pox thing and... corona being out there you know it seems especially like when you have kids it's easier to access than most times or whatever i digress though i know it's been a minute but i don't know the conversation of faith and mental health the conversations because They can be separate entities within themselves, even though I incorporate them together in my own, (coughs) excuse me, in my own life or my own story. They go hand in hand. (coughs) It's the very real ass episode, y'all. And it's late as hell. Well, not for me, but it is kind of late. It is 1210 in the morning And I knew I was going to make this episode But I just didn't know when But it's just a little update episode There's not really not Much I have to give for right now Which is a huge contradiction Because I'm in a very happy space In my life and of course you want to know how faith had what had to do with it um but i'm too exhausted to talk about the things i'm going through to be in this happy space because it's not easy it's getting easier but it's not easy I feel like I'm starting all over again in life period, life experiences, love, relationships, friendships, even sex. I don't feel the same about sex anymore. Like I feel the same about it. I still think it's a beautiful thing, but my confidence and my attitude about it has been so, so filled with anxiety and what ifs and fear. It's crazy. But it's exciting at the same time because, like I said, I'm starting all over again. I'm starting from scratch. I'm starting from zero with looking at um, or my perspective on everything in life. So I'm coming with updates. I have finished out my professional training at Rome. And now moving forward to technical training and we're looking at a couple of different options. All are gonna get me to the same place, but it's kind of like the tortoise and the hare. Do I wanna take the fast route or do I wanna take the slow route? At this point, I'm laying out my pros and cons of each path. Um, I have an opportunity to afford an apprenticeship with WashU to become a medical assistant and then become a phlebotomist or get into a phlebotomy program. Or go straight to the phlebotomy program at St. Charles Community College. And again, it's one's just faster than the other. But they're both going to come out with the same um, result. But I'm super, super excited about it because I can feel the shift happening. Um, then I have several job prospects. Um, one with SSM. Mm and an office position with the aquarium. We'll see what's gonna happen with those situations. But I'm in a, like I said, I'm in a great space with that. And I'm back down to being just 300 pounds. Even I had picked that up as of May. I was 319 exactly and I weighed in the other day I'm three even so that is awesome um, cut out a lot of stuff like I will not even a cut out a lot It's just trying to be disciplined in not eating it as often I probably have rice and potatoes once or twice a month now so it's mostly just vegetables and Uh, some type of meat. Um. Right now, I'm looking for a a school for Masaya to go to so I can get back to work. Um. What else is going on? I'm making a lot of strong strides with this whole starting over thing. Um. It's almost like I'm rediscovering myself all over again, and it's exciting because I'm finding out stuff I never really thought about within myself before. Um, I'm becoming that little delicate flower that I that's always been inside under all those thick layers of trying to defend myself from everything else in the world. I've come to be more accepting of just being present with the moment and the time. And not allowing what happens outside of me to dictate who I am really inside. I am loved and I have to get back to approaching everything with love. I think we make it seem like because we... Because love is supposed to be such a vulnerable space or love for us or because we put so much um, weight or stock into the word love that it's not possible for us to love everybody. And I don't feel that way. I know I'm one of very few who believe that, but I I can love a stranger just as much as I love my family. There's levels and layers to love, and I don't think we ever look at that. I think if we all looked at that, we'd come to each other in a different light. We'd approach each other in our conversations in a different way, and even though there were there've been you know certain situations wrong. <clears throat> Definitely made a space for me to be able to see that face to face. Even with just the girls that I have met, they come to have a certain respect for you, as well as a certain type of love. It's not necessarily the love that you think is. Sometimes it's hard love. Sometimes it's soft. Sometimes it's weird. Sometimes it's foreign. <clears throat> sometimes it's loud sometimes it's soft and abras- sometimes it's abrasive but it's all love and when we've had conflicts we've come to the table and we've come to each other about those conflicts with love and i think that message needs to be spread everywhere i just keep challenging myself because how in the hell are you gonna that's gonna be one of your essence words and you're supposed to live your essence is essentially you. you how the hell are you supposed to be love and you afraid to talk to your people because you just immediately think everybody going to have an attitude or how you going to be the person that doesn't regardless if you are the only one how you going to be the that one that decides to approach everything in anger in defense and with an attitude um I've been told in several spaces that I have a sense of bitterness and resentment, that I haven't let go of certain situations yet, and I could see what they saying. I think I never realized or recognized it because I'm not a person who acts on my bitter nature or acts on my resentment. <clears throat> So I could very well see that I probably pushed it to the background and never looked at it again. Which is just as bad as um, being confrontational about it. When you're not addressing it, then it becomes a, a problem that's just sitting in the back of the closet. And when you don't clean that shit out, you could only imagine what happens when you go back there to get that shit. <laughs> well... I've been trying to clean my closet out for the last few months. And not just clean my closet out, but also try to, you know, be more open to the idea of speaking to people about mental illness. Seeing as that I have clinical depression and I have had it since I was eight. <clears throat> Having these conversations is exhausting as fuck. Let me just say that. Um, it's exhausting to try to have conversations with people when they're not in the same space that you are in. When they haven't learned how to communicate. When they feel like you're attacking them. When they when you tell them, you made me feel. Or you might be making a person feel like. Then they get defensive. As if you've done something wrong to them. To get to this point, And now we're going tit for tat on. Who hurt who more and i'm tired of having those conversations um i'm trying to meet people where they are and i can't meet you where you are if you steadily defending yourself by trying to throw me under the bus um let me address them separately so as far as how i feel about my bitterness and resentment about things that have relationships and stuff that have happened. I kind of don't want to even address them no more. I don't want to give them any type of energy no more. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I just want to let them go. I've addressed them within myself. I feel like that's all that they need. I've learned how to accept that I am never going to change. I'm going to always be the person that's Still there when you call or when you text, when there's an emergency, when it counts the most. Um, I'm gonna be the always gonna be that person and it's just where my heart is. And that everybody is not in that same space. Um I've also been accepting that I'll be there when they are in that space. I'm still with a big heart and open arms. And I've also been accepting to the fact that um of learning to do whatever the fuck I want to now regardless of how it makes other people feel and that's how that's where I am with the bitterness and resentment part I'm, I'm letting it go it's done I wipe my hands clean of it it's gone Um, when it comes to how I feel about having conversations with mental illness I think I'm done doing that When the conversation comes up in casual settings, I'm no longer going to talk about it. I'm no longer going to tell my story with depression. My people, black people specifically, we don't want to face facts that there are mental illnesses out there of all kinds. Um, We keep trying to make it seem like depression and anxiety are less of let the lesser of the mental illnesses that they come second. They're not really real. They're excuses. Um, We always want to say, oh, we always want to go to the extreme and be like, okay, I understand bipolar and I understand schizophrenia because you can't help that. But you can't help depression or anxiety either. Those are real feelings that people feel. And don't have answers as to why they feel it. Because it's a chemical imbalance. And every time I talk to people. Everybody always say. Well that's a, that's a, that's a head thing. That's a head space. I'm sorry. I only feel like it's a head space. And then it doesn't make it any better. When you, you're talking to people. Who have. <clears throat> had experience with people. Who have mental illnesses. Or mental situations. And. They immediately want to blame it on. Well you had a choice. Uh, having mental situations. You have a choice. Have Depression you have a choice. You have a choice to be there. You don't have to be depressed. Anxiety is a choice. You don't have to be there. Those are just head spaces. And if you clean up your diet, and if you exercise, and if you do this, trust me, baby, I know all of that. I know that. Those things do help. Don't get me wrong. Because I'm in a place where all of that is helping me right now. But I still have days. Even though I've just lost 20 pounds, and I've cleaned up my diet, and I do something physical every day for the last 60 days I get it and I understand that it's something that has to happen continuously but that don't erase the days when I wake up and cannot get out of bed and won't be able to explain to you why I can't get out the bed There are days when I'm off and cannot explain to you why I'm off. There's have been there been times in these last 60 days I literally probably just came from the park and running. Most exhilarating sweat in all my life. Got all of the hormones that I need to function correctly for the day. I'm happy. Probably filmed a little something, got some pictures. I'm happy. Smoothies always make me happy and I got my smoothie. And then boom, instantly, I could just pull up to anywhere, quick trip, schnooks, anywhere. And then boom, like a fucking Mack truck, there's this infinite sadness that covers you and you do not know why. You don't know where it came from because you don't have shit going on in your life that would make you sad nobody's dead I'm not arguing with anybody I'm not beefing with anybody Um, I, I did my yoga I stretched I worked out I ate right so what the fuck is wrong and it's like people don't understand that that is real and it really has real effects on how people move and operate in the world and you don't know why And if it wasn't for the fact that I have been really working on myself and have figured out how to pull myself out of that, I wouldn't be able to tell people, like, I I did it. There are some people who can't pull themselves out of it and say they did it. And the first step is admitting that this is real. And I get it. Everybody's going to still be like, oh, well, you just you just made my point. You have to pull yourself out of that. But what if you don't address it? That's the problem. Black people are not addressing that this shit is real. So how do you teach people how to pull themselves out of something that they don't even believe is fucking real? It hurts my feelings because I keep trying to. I know, God, you got me out here telling my story because it's a unique story. Um, Not a lot of people approach depression the way that I look at it. Like I said, my depression has become my best friend. I've learned how to live happily with my depression. My depression gives me a certain amount of discernment that, that keeps me in a happy place so in in a weird way it's become my best friend I still don't change my stance on that and there's not a lot of people who are out here looking at it that way a lot of people are looking like damn this is the end of the world that I deal with this disease or they act like they can't function properly or some people do use it as an excuse to be bitchy but it hurts my feelings when I try to have these conversations with people and they're like <clears throat> oh well you, it's a mind thing you have a choice you can choose to stay in that mindset or you can pull yourself out of that mindset yes I can I know this I know I can pull myself out of it but it is not for you to tell me that It's something I'm doing wrong when you tell somebody that you're in invalid you' you're making their feelings less validated you're not validating that they have something going on and you're not showing compassion and and to a person who doesn't know how to pull themselves out of it they don't have a choice. Because they haven't learned that yet. They haven't gotten to that step yet. So imagine telling a person. Who just found out that they have been diagnosed with clinical depression or chronic depression. They have no idea what's going on with them. They're just now being told how to work through certain things. But they really haven't put it into practice yet. They don't know what they're doing. And you tell a motherfucker like. Oh well you got a choice baby. You ain't got to be there. In their mind right now, they're not there. They're not there. They don't think they have a choice. they just been told they have depression. They don't know that they have a choice. And here you are, an insensitive motherfucker deciding to tell them that they do. Baby, if you ain't never been told that you have depression. If you ain't never had to face that shit. If you ain't never had that motherfucker leaning on you. Choking you in your sleep. Keeping you from getting out of bed. Baby, you can't tell nobody that they got a choice. And since I'm tired of getting my feelings hurt about that particular topic, I'm not talking about it no more. <clears throat> I'm not. I'm going to stop focusing on my own story. And start focusing on other people's story. Which brings me to my next update. I am going to finish out the f- the last two agreements because I'm trying to stay committed to my commitments. What I say, I'm going to do. So I am going to go ahead and finish out those two because I did not finish them before my hiatus. And then I'm going to start bringing other people in to talk about their journeys with faith. Where they are, where they're not. What do they, What does it look like for them? Are they in church? Are they not in church? What higher pro- power do they look to for guidance? Is it funny? Is it sad? Is it happy? Does it make them mad? Do they trust whatever it is that they have looked into? Or are they questioning it? A lot of people often question, especially right now in these times, they're like, where the hell are you? But again, you want God to laugh. You make a plan. And I think we are a bunch of motherfuckers in this world who keep making plans. And we wonder why this is going this way and that is going that way because we got all these plans. The Constitution is literally a big ass book of plans and procedures. And we wondering why the fuck the that our economy is blown the fuck up. God said y'all need a big ass laugh. <laughs> that is what is happening right now. <laughs> we still ain't got it. We still ain't getting it. And we wondering why shit going south. <clears throat> we still don't have respect for human life. We haven't figured out how to unite And become family. We haven't figured out how to protect and look after each other. And we're wondering why shit is still going south. But yeah. That is all I have for tonight. Um, Next week I'm going to come with the next agreement. Which I have no idea which one I left off at. I'm going to be 100 with you. I don't know which one it is. But next week that is what will be. Continue to play. Is those agreements because I still believe in those four agreements changing people's lives, and after that, well, I'll start take I'll start um, interviewing guests on their view site, their placement with their faith. All right, y'all, have a great night or morning because it's twelve thirty three.